Buongiorno. Where are you this time? I am time? in Costa Rica. And they speak Italian. Well, it's been a problem so far. Has it? Yeah, a yeah. little bit. A little bit. Yeah. You're not able to communicate with the natives? No. No? It's because they don't speak Italian. No, not so much. It's actually because you don't speak Italian. Well. Ryan, how many keys are on a piano? Do you have any idea? 88. 88 keys on a piano. That's black and white, right? Well, all added up, yeah. Uh, we say this all because this is episode 88. 88. 88th episode. One of my favorite numbers. Yeah, this is Fill Me In. This is a crossword podcast. I am your co-host of the day, Brian Simmett. And I am the other co-host of the Dia. Ah, there ah. it is, yeah, in Costa Rican. Senor Ryan Hecht. Olay. Viewer mail, opening it up. Our first viewer mail of the week comes to us from Keith Robert Murray, Rainbow Assassin. Yes. Keith actually took on a a, a challenge we posed, what, a couple of weeks we ago posted, now. Okay, you, you actually kind of posed it as an aside. I did. As and you if, know what? You know, it's dangerous what I just pose <laughs> things as asides. Because yes. you know what else happened? The Grimaldi's. Exactly. The Grimaldi's. Exactly. So you should watch your mouth. I really have to be careful. Yes. Uh, anyway, we just sort of, I just sort of glibly said, you know what, uh, this, it was, it was because of this, uh, podcast loyalty index thing that Keith had invented to try to, I don't know, make himself be more important than more recent (laughs) viewers. I don't know. Uh, so I said, if we're going to go this route of the podcast loyalty index, which I'm not a fan of, then you should at least turn it into a Perl script and make it do cool stuff that... You know, that has nothing to do with the podcast loyalty index. And that's what he did. And that's exactly what he did. Now, the first problem we encountered was that neither of us have any clue what to do with a Perl script. No. No. Like, what is it? What is it? I'll tell you, gentle viewers, in case you don't know. Uh, it's a text file. It's a computer file, a text file. It has and instructions for the computer to follow. Exactly. And it's a it's a series of lines of code that, that say, you know, first do this, then do this, then do this. And it's all written with symbols and numbers and parentheses and squiggly brackets and all kinds of things <laughs> that are just completely it's a, it's a out of my wheelhouse. It's a veritable uh, deck of those cards for ESP. What are those called? Ebenezer cards? Zener, Zener cards, Zener cards, Zener cards. Uh, you know, I went. I had a roommate in uh, college whose name was Zener. Really, Max Zener. Yes, Max is married to Emmy Zener. Oh, well, I... Emmy was at the ACPT with she us was. last year. She had breakfast. With These us. were both uh, very good friends of mine for a great number of years. And I, I think, though, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I think Max is distantly related to the guy who created the Zener cards. Really, I, that might not be true. I feel like he's related to somebody fancy with the name Zener. It you know might what? be the cards and Let's it might say not. it's the cards. All right. Congratulations, Max. Uh, anyway, so uh, what Keith has done, he wrote this Perl script. And, and if you can figure out how to run it, like yes. how to make it do its thing, here's what it does. One, it calculates your podcast loyalty index. That was their first requirement. Yes. Two, it does a bunch of other cool things that are not necessarily podcast or crossword related. That was the second requirement. And it does this. So you, you would you would run this thing and you would tell it the, the, the episode that was playing when you first got introduced to Fill Me In. And then you would tell it the episode that you have currently listened up to. Right. Then you would tell it the name of some file that you have to provide. Yes. Keith doesn't provide this. In his instance, it's a list of eight-letter anagrams. Right. Uh, and 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 then something else, and then you run this thing, and then it says at the end, it says, uh, 
you know, welcome to the uh, fill me in cool Pearl script and your loyalty index is 30 and here are a bunch of anagrams you asked for. And by the way, there are 244 days until Lollapazoola 3. Right. Unbelievable. It's just fantastic. I made up 244. I can't remember how many it is Well, exactly. we haven't actually picked the date. We haven't. But so it's approximately when, 244. He said when we pick the date, he's going to write a little thing for us to put on the blog so we can have a little countdown clock. I think that's fantastic. That is fantastic. That is brilliant. That is fantastic. That, you know what, Keith? Uh, you know, I'll even entertain the podcast loyalty index, the PLI. Well, he doesn't think it's a good idea. No, he. Oh, you know what? It also says that. When yes. you run the Pearl script, it says don't use the podcast loyalty index. <laughs> it was a bad idea. But what would be an awesome idea is this countdown to Lollapazoola 3. Yes. That would be brilliant. We're going to figure out when that's going to be. It'll probably be on a Saturday in August. Probably. Because why not? Why not? And then we'll uh, do a countdown. Yes. All right. I like that plan. We probably won't come up with the date for a few months, though. No, probably. Well, you never know. We're going to let the ACPT go by. Yes. You know, because that, that really deserves the forefront of everyone's attention. Yes. And uh, Lollapazoola 3 will take a backseat to that until a little further into the winter and spring months. <laughs> what do you think of that? That's not bad. All right. So thank you, Keith R. Murray. You're quite awesome. Uh, the next viewer mail is from Andrew Feist. 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 Uh, he says, uh, we had a, a, a question uh, last week, I think from Todd was, McKay. Yeah, Todd. Who said, uh, if you could rearrange the order of the puzzles at the ACPT, how would you re- rearrange them, or do you like them just the way they are? Right. Ryan, for example, wanted to put the bastard puzzle, like, first right. to get it over with. Second. Second to get it over with, to get it out of the way. And I thought that that would encourage people not to bother coming back after lunch. <laughs> Right. And we did get a couple of responses to this, and it, and every all the answers do seem to revolve around where to put the bastard puzzle. Well, that's because that's the one everybody knows about. All yes. of the others seem like vaguely interchangeable. Yes, except for that puzzle number five. Is- that's the one that really separates. You know, I seem to remember Tyler saying something last year when we interviewed him before the tournament even began, uh-huh. where where he what he described it as like he he said you know the rumor is that puzzle five is really going to be a pack separator oh right a pack separator yeah and i just started thinking oh my god what part of the pack am i going to be in (laughs) well clearly the separated part definitely the separated part so andrew feist says i would put the bastard at number three despite the people not coming back from lunch aspect as it gives you that whole break to rest and rest and recuperate not if you go to the diner that ryan takes us to i if you go if you go to ryan's lunch place of choice which is the this horrible, horrible diner. With you know what? It's not a horrible diner. They're just they're they're slow and easily confused, yes. and nobody tells them that on this day there's going to be twenty thousand people coming to you at one o'clock. <laughs> yeah, like nobody bothers to warn them. Yeah, we're not going to go there this year. Why don't we warn them? We're not going to go there. But this why year. don't we warn them? Why don't we go down to Brooklyn on the Friday and go to that diner and say, "Hey guys, get some extra waiters and waitresses on for tomorrow because tomorrow at one o'clock you're going to be bombed." I don't mean bombed, like you're going to be bombed. I mean you're going to be bombarded with people. Slammed, I think is the restaurant. Slammed. Restaurant terminology. You're going to be slammed. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, we could do that if you want to go down there Friday and take no, care of that. No, I don't. All right. So he says, uh, Andrew says, uh, six puzzles plus two puzzles plus the final would be cool too. Now that we've got scoring closer to figure it out. And I, the scoring is much easier. Well, at least it was Amazing much easier. Amazing computerized scoring system. Is that it's Matt just, Ginsburg? I it was, it was say one of the Matt. Matts. Yeah. It was one of the... I mean, there's Matt Ginsburg, Matt Jones, Matt Gaffney. There's a lot of Matts. I think it was Matt Ginsburg. I think he you're right. He was a right. tall, lanky individual. I, okay. Was he not? I don't know. I think he was. Anyway. And now Andrew also has an ACP story, ACPT story. Yes. Oh, are you going to read this? I'm going to read it. Oh, my God. Good luck. Um, 
He says, I was at my very first ACPT, which was 2001, I guess, at the awards banquet. Since I knew absolutely knew no one, I picked a table more or less at random and ended up sitting next to a couple NPL people who were discussing some of the games in the After Friday unofficial events. They had been discussing charades, and one of them turned to me and asked if I was there Friday. When I admitted that I had been, he asked if I had gone to the charades game, and I admitted that I didn't really care for charades. He was astonished and said, why did you come to Stanford if you don't play charades? I responded in a rather small voice of, for the crossword puzzles, didn't really pass muster, and the other people resumed their conversation. This is a very sad story. It is. But this is, this is a fear that I have. Yeah. With, with NPL, with the ACPT, I don't know what's going on. No. There, I mean, if you go, and I don't want to uh, 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 discourage okay, people. Okay, on, 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 on this I don't podcast, want to do you know what's people. going on here? I don't want to discourage people from going, but in, in the breaks of between the crossword puzzles, you can walk through the halls, and there are people who have gathered with, with homemade board games and boards, and, and they're playing quizzes, and everybody's got a scorecard and a thing attached to their head and a strap and their whip, and, and it's very confusing as to what's going on. But they all seem to know what's happening, and they're all winning. <laughs> all of them. All everybody's of them winning. winning. Yeah. Everybody's winning. Yeah. And I just know if I sat down and I said, can I join in with your Jepper, Wheelo, Fortune, Price is Right game anagrammed that I would be lost. Yes, you would. So I, I totally so. And when they say charades, it's probably not just charades. No, like, probably not because that you do know how to play. I know it, but it's probably word charades or pearl script charades or or you know yeah. lakes of the world charades. Oh God! So it is a little a little intimidating. You know what? It's very intimidating. But I I don't know if if you like games and puzzles. Here's the here's the thing that really matters about this. Just about every single person we have ever dared to speak to yes. at any collective puzzle event yes. has been nice, yes. has been friendly, yes. has been entertaining, yes. has been uh, funny, has been smart, ha- and has been, above all else, eager to incorporate you into the event. That is true. So, it's terrifying, but if you want to wrap a strap on your head and and start singing in Spanish and try to win Jepper Fortune Rito piece of... <laughs> Then just go to the... I, I would say probably don't sit down and just wait to get dealt in. <laughs> I, I would say approach the table and look for somebody else standing around watching. Yes. And go to that person and say, what's happening here? Yes. And do I want to join in? <laughs> I, I think asking somebody else should, whether you want to join in We should in is, try this this year. Maybe we should just start a table and invent a game <laughs> and see what happens. <gasps> Do you remember, it was, I've probably talked to you about the this. The Mad Magazine? That Mad Magazine. We didn't do this on the show. Did we talk no. about this on the show? Three-Cornered Pitney? <laughs> in Mad Magazine, Three-Cornered Pitney? It was this awesome, ridiculous game instruction cartoon in Mad Magazine like 25 years ago. You have it. I, I went on eBay and I bought this Mad Magazine just to get those pages. Uh-huh. It's not as funny as it used to be. Really? But... If we could create what it used to be in my head, <laughs> that would be good. There is a Mad Magazine board game. There is? Which I had when I was a kid. Yeah. You can buy it on eBay. Really? And I remember uh, there was, you ended up in, in, in Toledo. If you, if, you, if you did something wrong, the card would say you took a bus to Toledo. Really? Does anybody remember this game? Wow. It was a fun game. I never game. played this game. Uh, all right. What's happening next? Uh, we have a you, we have next viewer mail. Oh, our next viewer mail is from John. I don't need no stinking nickname, Delphin yes. Vassar, class of nineteen seventy six. He says, "Oh, you said an Eller. 
I couldn't understand why you were objecting to puzzles that reference Aunt Eller. Ah. Aunt Eller is a character from the musical Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh, and right, by uh, uh, the last in the last revival is by Andrea Martin. Andrea Martin did play Aunt Eller in the yes. last Broadway revival of Oklahoma. That's true. Um, She's but Canadian. She is. Mm-hmm. She is. She comes from that uh, that group of Canadian comedians. <laughs> <laughs> Who were they? Was SCTV. It, wasn't Christopher Guest one of them? And, he was and, indeed. Uh, John, John Candy, Candy and Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. And, Moranis and, yeah, and the other guy who did the the beer drinking Canadian guys. Uh, Dave uh, Dave Coulier. Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas. No. Yeah, it was. Really? I thought Dave Thomas was the Wendy's he's guy. He's also... He's he, also was, the, he did both of those gigs? Well, it wasn't the same guy. It was just the same name. You know, speaking of Rick Moranis, he was in Ghostbusters mm-hmm. with Annie Potts, mm-hmm. who I just saw the other day on Broadway. Really? In the Broadway play God of Carnage. How was that? She yelled a lot, and then she threw up on stage. On purpose? Uh-huh. It's part of the play. Oh. Yeah. She threw up. As part of the play. Really? Yeah, if you're going to see God of Carnage, I've just ruined that for you. But you know what? It's been playing for a while. Everybody knows now. I didn't. Well, that happens. It does happen. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, we were talking about Eller, which we- seems to be at, showing up at least twice a week now. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Everywhere. It's like, that's people's starter word. Yes. I'm going to build a puzzle around Eller. Now let's see what else can I do. It was in the Sunday's puzzle. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's horrible. It's horrible. Actually, Eller was in... They're, they're, they're equally horrible. They're, they're Neither inter- is better than the other. Interchangeably bad. We are looking for more puzzles to include famous lyric soprano <laughs> Rosanna Mieller. Yes. That's who we want. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Viewer mail, closing it up. So we're going to talk to you about uh, this new crossword that's available to the community. It's created by one Commissioner Peter Gordon, sextuple threat. Uh, it is called Fireball Crosswords. Fireball you can crosswords. access his website at www.fireballcrosswords.com. Yes. And sign up for a year's subscription. One almost puzzle a, a week. Al- almost a week. One puzzle a week, almost every week for a year. <laughs> and 50 puzzles. 50 puzzles for $10. Or $10.61 if you use PayPal. That's right. And uh, you know what? He's. I don't know if he's going to construct all of them. I assume that he is. He definitely constructed the first one. Well, and ta- the I- first one is what? What well, do you think? Well, I will tell you this. Of the 50 puzzles, at least 49 of them will be solvable. Well, at least 49 of them will likely be easier than this one. Uh, this is a, The this title is- of this is Themeless One. Oh, God. That, that, is, that suggests it's the beginning of a series. And I found it to be impossible. I found it also to be impossible. You found it to be less impossible than I did. I was not able to complete it. No, either without, was I. Without much assistance. I don't understand this do you, puzzle. Do you know who had to Google an answer on this puzzle? Orange. 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 Googled an answer. As did Rex Parker. Rex Parker. Googled. He Googled? I didn't know he Googled. I believe he did. You know who solved it without Google, I believe? There Howard Barkin. The people. great Howard Barkin, knower of all things, in like seven minutes. normal super speed time. Yes. I mean, normal for him, well, for a hard puzzle. He knew seven minutes. across. Well, he knew Goalie that. Ridic- for the New York yeah. Rangers. Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik Lundqvist. Lundqvist. Yeah. So he knew that one, but also Dan Fair, winner of the C Division, winner of the B Division, winner of Lollapazoola 2, solver of Fireball Crossword number one in nine minutes and 53 seconds. 25 seconds. Nine minutes and 25 seconds. Which is a long time for him. That is a very long time. I think that Dan does, like, you know, that big wall size crossword puzzle <laughs> That's that you nine get minutes. in Sky, Sky Mall? That he does in nine minutes. He actually solves it in the catalog. That's how good he is. <laughs> in the little picture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, wow. Oh, my God, it was difficult. I mean, uh, seven across, side dish. 
arm candy. Arm candy. That's very clever and not easily solvable. But it was the next two. What are the two stacked below arm candy? All right. One concerned with food miles. Locavore. I thought it was localist. What the hell is either of those things? Well, a locavore is like somebody who only eats local food. What is a food mile? The, the food, the, the miles that food takes to get to you before you eat it. I guess. Well, I like I had a Subway sandwich tonight. I, I walked into Subway. I ordered the sandwich. It was about, it was made like a foot and a half well, away from me. See, then this, I carried it with me on the bus they, to my house. See, this is a problem I have with Subway. Besides the fact that their food is not very good. But they say everything is freshly made. It's not freshly made. It's arranged in front of you. Yeah. It's sep- It's all separated before you get there, and then they put it together in a yes. thing. But most of that food was prepared eons ago. That may be so. So what is the locavore? I mean, is loca- Is that a number? You, like no, it's eight locavore? If you ate food... I am a locavore? If you ate oysters from Long Island. If you're uh-huh. here in New York City, you ate yes. oysters from Long Island. So that's like 20 miles away. Yeah, you had, you had uh, 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 peach schnapps that was made... In the Bronx. Okay, that's like, what, eight, 10 miles away. Right, so that's so local that's food. 30 miles total. So you're supporting the agriculture. So I'm not adding up the numbers? No, I'm you, not, don't, you don't add up the numbers. I don't end up with like a locavore index? Well, let's just ask Keith R. Murray. <laughs> uh, Keith, could you revise your Pearl script to include my locavore number <laughs> with every meal I eat? All right, now what if I'm in a restaurant in Washington, D.C.? And Because uh, I, I like restaurants in Washington, D.C. Yes. And let's say I get, you know, Maine Lobster. Right. And I get, uh, you know, a, a California roll. Uh-huh. Okay. Right? A- and then I also have some Canadian bacon. Uh-huh. And uh, I drink German beer. Uh-huh. What is my locavore index I think now? you're... That makes you an environmental terrorist. I'm... <laughs> Why? Because I like foods of the world? Yes. Well, how, how is that bad? Because, because the food is being... Is not supporting the community that you're in. And it's it's being... You have to have... You have plain... Fuel needs needs to be used to get it to you, rather than just eating the food of the locality that you're in. Well, how did I get to Washington D.C. in the first place? I don't live there. Bolt bus. Oh, and that's not against the environment. No, it's like a buck ninety nine for to get all the way to D.C. But all that gas. No, it's not your gas. Well, neither is that in the plane. But you're you're instigating that gas. All right. Well, this is clearly uh, not related at all to how difficult this puzzle was. But that right, whole one, that whole wait, northeast corner the was one just below a mess. It, you asked the one yeah, below. Yeah, yeah. Locavore is on top 18 of eighteen across neutral particle that its own antiparticle. Okay. Etamison. Yeah. So both of these, locavore and etamison, both clue and answer, rich with things I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what a food mile is, so I don't know what a locavore is. Right. I don't know what a particle versus an antiparticle means. No. And I certainly don't know what an Edamason is. Wasn't she in Bewitched? Although, can I just jump ahead to the Thunder Round briefly? Sure. Sunday, January 17th. Sunday, January 17th. This past Sunday. Yes. 11 down. Quark, anti-quark particle. Mason. You know where I knew that word from? Fireball crosswords. Ding, ding, ding. Fireball. Ding, ding, ding. Dong. Uh, so, uh, I, I would have to say that both Brian and I are a little mystified as to why the first fireball crossword is this difficult. Yeah, I, I, I wondered this, uh, I was going to say out loud, but now I'm wondering it out loud. Earlier I wondered it in text on uh-huh. the blog. When I just, I do want, I do want to know, Peter Gordon, is, are you intending to completely thwart your audience with this Im- immensely difficult puzzle? Yes. And will fireball crosswords... 
get easier or are we to expect more that's like this? I mean, it really stretches the mind and that's great, but wow, it's really obscure stuff. Yeah, it's There's very some incredibly obscure stuff here. Yes. I mean, this is like a Stanley Newman stumper type thing. Yes. Uh, it's excellently constructed. It, was just it certainly is excellently impossible. constructed. And I know that, you know, some of the, like, top solvers out there who we know did solve it and yes. enjoyed solving it. And I know several other not quite top solvers, people like Rex Parker. I mean, he's a good solver, and he finishes in the top 50 at the tournament. Right. But he's not of the same ilk as Tyler Hinman and Trey right. Payne and Francis Heaney and that sort of speed. But he found it extremely frustrating to solve and not right. in a fun way. Right. And I found it extremely frustrating to solve and not in a fun way. Uh, and I, don't I kind know. of gave up on it. You gave up on it? I love the Sun crossword puzzle, and I still do sun, old Sun yes. puzzles. Uh, I don't know. Well, this we'll one, see. We'll this see. one was really, we'll really see, tough. Uh, what Fireball crossword number two gives us. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Uh, all right. So uh, the next uh, segment is non crossword puzzles. Yeah, crossword puzzle. Well, last week we started talking about P and A magazine, and I, I, I take the blame for this. I said we had downloaded the sampler, which I hold in my left hand. Yeah, we thought the sampler was just sort of a collection of puzzles. It's actually they're tied together. There's yes. some sort of through As line. It says theme. clearly in the instructions. Yeah, which we didn't read. Uh, the first puzzle, the P and A sampler sampler, is the meta puzzle for this sample issue. Each of the other puzzles has a one or two word answer. When combined with the solution to the meta puzzle, you'll get a three word answer to the question, what will you say when finished with this sampler? So we obviously didn't read that. No, we didn't. So, but we are going to work on this PNA sampler and see what we, can, what we can get from it. We have finished the, the meta puzzle puzzle. Oh, the meta puzzle was the chocolate box? It says the first puzzle is the meta puzzle for this issue. Okay. The PNA sampler sample. So the chocolate box. We figured that out. All right, we figured out the chocolate box. I don't see box. how that can be anything. Well, I don't know. Anything. We're going to keep going through it. And there, some of these puzzles make sense. And they, you know, I mean, like, they look like we know what to do with them. There's cryptograms. We can... Right. We know how to deal with that. We know how to deal with an acrostic. You know, we know how to deal with a word search. But right. then there's some that are just like... Hey, look at this picture. Now figure out what the hell I'm trying to right. do. We don't know what to do with that. So we're, we're there's, gonna... there's some like multiple choice quiz in there where none of the answers actually go with any of the questions. Right. We don't know what's going on no, there. So we haven't been able to figure any of this out yet. But we have heard from some other people who do this and other things like it and get a real charge out of it. You know what? The thing, the frustrating thing, and maybe it eventually won't be frustrating, is this. I really enjoy this concept. Yeah, I like the whole interconnected puzzle. Sure. I like trying to find where the puzzle is. Yeah, but at this point, I just haven't done enough, and I, I feel a little out of my depth. You know, uh, the Games Magazine spinoff World of Puzzles uh -huh. frequently has a segment in it that's a series of interconnected puzzles. They're not quite as obscure and difficult to crack as this seems to be. They're much more straightforward, and they actually explain to you how to do whatever it is you're trying to do. I remember, I can't remember who constructed them, but there was one series of cryptics, actually, but they were variety cryptics, uh -huh. and a variety cryptic is one that has some other rules besides kind of the normal, you know, half word play, half definition clue kind of cryptic, mm -hmm. and so it either, like, has no black spaces, or it has, you have to drop a letter from all the even-numbered answers, or, you know, it spells out a secret message, or whatever, uh, but it was, like, ten of these in a row, and then there was some meta puzzle as well, and I very much enjoyed that. Cool. So I like these interconnected so do I. ones. Uh, so we're going to move on to Crisp, Crisp, Crispic. Uh, cryptic clue 
of the quarter month. Yeah. We are doing the uh, Cryptic Crossword number one by Fraser Simpson. And this is in the game's, what's the March 2010 March issue? 2010. Cryptic one. Now we solved, last week we solved, what Heroic did we solve? Flick, six across? Heroic Flick follows Einstein's beginning, which is epic. Yeah. Was that six across? That was the six across. Right? So, so what are we going to do now? We're going to do eight down. Which, eight uh, down. Which, uh, uh, which comes off of the C in epic. It comes epic. off of the C in epic. Okay. So, and, uh, now, as we did last week, are we going to do it this way, where you read the clue because you don't clue. understand it, and I will solve it for you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is like a, a, a Kreskin act. <laughs> it's also sort of combined with that old game show, Scrabble. Uh-huh. You remember when they used to build off of the... Now right. that builds off of the R, and Chuck <laughs> Woolery would like invite you out on a date? No, yes. wait, I'm mixing up shows. There you now. are. You are. Oh, well. Uh, what happened to Chuck Woolery? No. Is he still out there? I think he is. Okay. Isn't he David Hasselhoff? I think he might be David Hasselhoff. Yeah. I think they share a wig. I think the two of them <laughs> share a hairpiece. Uh, so eight down. Yeah. Uh, restriction in contrast is crazy. And the enumeration for this is ten. I will repeat that. Yeah. Restriction in contrast is crazy. Enumeration ten. All right. Well, like last week's, I believe that this is uh, part Part of this clue is the definition, and part of this clue is wordplay Can I say that what results I think, in the definition. Can I say what, is, what I think is the definition? Okay, go ahead. I think crazy is the definition. You think definition. crazy is the definition? I think because it says restriction and contrast. I think restriction is the is the, the key word okay. that gives you tells you what to do with uh-huh. contrast. I see. And when you restrict something in the word contrast, uh-huh. you end up with a word that means crazy. That is ten letters long. That is ten letters long. Okay. I'm totally wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> but my thinking... Your thinking is interesting. Your thinking is... <laughs> now, the one, part of what, the one part of what you said that actually does work is that I believe that contrast is part of what you're going to monkey around with somehow. Like, you said you wanted to restrict something in oh, contrast. Oh, so maybe you have to contrast something in restriction. No. So here's what I think it is. Damn it. I think that restriction is the definition. Oh. And I think that crazy... <laughs> is telling you that something in there is going to get scrambled up. Crazy, oh. or wild, or nutty, or silly, or, you know, whatever. Any word that sort of means that oh, okay. oh. kind of thing usually means there's an anagram in play here, and you're going to take some element that sets up crazy and scramble up, scramble it up, or unscramble it, and you'll get the answer. Are you, are you going to stick that into contrast? I am not. You sure you're not? I... I'm sure I'm not. All right, so take us through this. I'm not going to stick it into contrast. I believe that restriction is the definition and that in contrast, in contrast is crazy. So in contrast, those 10 letters get scrambled up and in contrast can be anagrammed to the word constraint. Okay. Which is a word that means restriction. Oh, so I believe the ten-letter answer is constraint, defined as restriction, and wordplay defined as, in contrast, crazy. Interesting. I think that's the correct answer. Do you? Yes. Why don't you look it up and let's make sure. All right. I'm going to look it up. We're going to check the answers. They're probably on page 58 or something like 62. that. 62. Okay. Eight down. Constraint. Yes. Constraint. Yeah. Does it explain how it was created? It says in contrast. In contrast. Well, so those are the ten letters. Now, this is my key, my my tip of the week as far as solving a cryptic clue, Uh is because anagrams are in play frequently, Uh I would say maybe 20-30% of the clues in a a typical cryptic that you find in Games Magazine are going to employ anagrams. You know how long the answer is, 
And it sometimes helps to quickly scan the clue for words or sets of words that might add up to that number of letters. Right, so in contrast is ten letters. Yeah, so one of the first things I do when I'm looking around, if I, if I don't see it right away, is I just start looking at parts of the answer that might be an anagram. Uh-huh. And in this case, in contrast was ten letters. I also saw it says in contrast is crazy. So is is a little bit deceptive, because is with contrast would also add up to ten letters. Oh, interesting. But it didn't make an answer. Uh, so then I just thought, oh, in contrast is crazy. So my thinking could not have been more wrong. Well, it could have been more wrong. <laughs> Let's come back next week and see whether you can be more wrong. All right. Okay. I bet I can. I'll bet you can. So that is the cryptic crossword. We are almost done with this puzzle. <laughs> We've finished two of the clues. Yes, we have about uh, 28 more. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to jump ahead now to the contest of then. Contest of then. The contest of then. Now, yes. here's what happened last week. Last week, we, we posed the contest of then, which uh, came to us from Tyler Hinman, and it consisted of two lines of dialogue, yes. which we'll now recreate for you. Okay. Who's going to go first? I can go first. Okay. Do you like tattoos? Absolutely. I hate a nondescript arm. I gang up with my friends on anyone who doesn't have ink. You want to do that again, or is that enough? I think that's enough. All right, so you had a week to You had a week, to, and some of you figured it out. four people. Yeah, it was a very difficult contest to figure out. We did say that we that there was a reference to an older podcast episode. Yes. And I went back and listened to that older podcast episode to make sure there actually was a reference. Uh-huh. And there was. Yeah. It was just a very, very short one. Yes. But it was there. It, it was there. So we got about four answers, which we're not going to reveal now. Because nope. uh, Avram Gotchlik, who is the winner of the contest of then. Yes. Avram, you are officially the winner. And now this, I believe, is three unrewarded victories. He's, he's getting rewarded. Avram, three unrewarded victories. He's getting his rewards as we speak. Yes. Yes. Give him a free ticket to Wordland. Uh, I don't have that kind of power. Oh. Sing the song. Also, you understand that at this point, Wordland is done. Oh, right. Uh, well, then, then you... <laughs> That's true. My God, I, I'm in a time loop. Uh, I'm like Marty McFly. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so Avram Gotchlik is the winner, and he has given us the answer to the contest of then in the form of a cryptic clue. And that cryptic clue is the contest of now. All right, let's, before we reveal that cryptic clue, yes. I just want to be extra clear on what's going on, because clearly people were confused by last week's contest. Let's not... I don't think they were confused. confused. Well, they didn't know the answer. We didn't get that many right answers. That's that's okay. But here's the thing. We're about to read you a cryptic clue. And the answer to that cryptic clue is the same as the answer to last week's contest. Yes. Both contests should give you the same answer. Yes. So, the people who answered uh, the contest of then... And we only got correct answers. Uh-huh. I'll say that. Yeah, people who, didn't, who couldn't figure it out just said, you guys suck. Yes. So you are not actually eligible for the contest of now because you already know the answer. Right. So if you did not submit an answer last time, you can submit an answer this time if you can figure out it, Avram's cryptic clue. It's like a second chance. It is. Now we're going to tell you straight off that the uh, the enumeration for this answer is nine. Yes. Nine. Nine. Nine letters long. Nine. One word, nine letters. Nine letters. The clue is as follows. Platinum limb and addled gain gives the bird... Platinum limb and addled gain gives the bird. Right. Now, this week, the password, in case you couldn't understand that, you want to see that in text, because we mm-hmm. will send it this week. Yes. I believe the password this week will be the same as the password last week, which is 
Clive Cussler. Clive Cussler. Clive Cussler. Clive Cussler. Cussler. <laughs> Getting further and further away. Cussler. Cussler. <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, Platinum Limb and Addled Game gives the bird. That is your cryptic clue. That is the contest of now. Good luck, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Look on the horizon. It's a thunder god, and he's 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 anagrammed into Hort. Monday, January eleventh, by Ron and Nancy Byron. A secret message from your what? A secret message from your teeth. Yes. Why? Because it's all. Oh, about- it was all about dentistry. A bridge to nowhere. A you wrote that station, in the blog. A crown Victoria and braces for impact. <laughs> braces for impact. Gets ready to crash. Oh, what wow. a depressing that clue. Is. Gets ready to crash. But you know, you know, brace, you ever, yeah. brace for impact now is is associated with Captain Sully. Seriously? Yeah. I thought it was associated with being through heavy, horrible turbulence like I was coming back from Wisconsin. No, that's what he said. He said, brace for he impact. He wasn't on my plane. Instead, we felt like we were about to fall out of the sky like the pilot episode what? of Lost and crash into Queens. Which doesn't happen on the pilot episode <laughs> of Lost, by the way. Uh, Tuesday, January 12th by Patrick and Patrick L. Blendito Blindauer and Rebecca La Blendita Young. Very nice. Like that. Very nice. Thank you. That's I'm very cute. Taking my Spanish lesson. That's very, very cute. I like cute. this puzzle. This is yeah. great. You took you took uh, phrases that had a liquid U, like uh-huh. cutie pie, uh-huh. and you changed them to cootie pie. What do you call the non-liquid U? The solid U? The solid U. Really? The, the frozen over U. I don't know. Is that what it's called? I think so. You love the liquid U. I love the liquid U. I know U. you Assume. do. Ugh. Thor. Uh, what? <laughs> Halloween. Stop. Uh, so family food. Fossil fool. Booty mark. I like booty mark. Booty mark. Yeah. yeah. As, as always with Patrick's puzzles... Lots of fun, goofiness abounds. Wednesday, January 13th by Kevon Chosette. Kevon Chose. I don't know how to say your name, Kevon. Kevin? Is Kevin Chosette? What is the derivation? I don't know. It, it seems like it I don't, might be an Indian name. I don't, I'm not sure. Yes. I don't know why I think that, but that's what goes on. Narian Venkatsuda. Oh, see. Narian Venkatsuda. You need to do the whole name, though. You need the middle part. Na- uh, okay, go ahead. Really? <laughs> Narian Avram Gotchli. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. It's Narian Ashish Chan Vongsathorn Vengsakar Venkata Subramanian. Right. One take. <laughs> One take. That's it. I'm done. Can you please look at Kevon? Oh my god. Wednesday, January 3rd. I already did that part. What is this? This is Flower Girls. Rose Flower Kennedy. Girls. Yes. Iris Murdoch. Daisy Miller. Uh, I didn't really know any of these people. I, I know Rose Kennedy. I didn't yeah. know the others. I thought it was Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, that's not a flower, though. No. What kind of a flower is a Rupert? I'm not sure. And I thought it was Daisy Duke, not Daisy Miller. Who's Daisy Miller? Daisy Miller is from a, a, a Thomas Paine Related play. to Barney Miller? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Thursday, uh, January 14th. You might want to do it into the microphone. Thursday, January 14th <laughs> by Caleb Madison and the JASA crossword class, which stands for Jewish... Amish Association for the Services of the Aged. Or it's something. not Jewish, Amish, Swedish. I don't know what. 
Uh, so this was cool. He did it with his class. He taught yeah. his class. Now, they, he's taught this class before, I think. No, he, he subbed in. It was going to oh, be somebody okay. else, and he subbed in for this other person. And now he's going to be teaching it in the future. Excellent. And he's what? He's he's like nine. He's about nine years old, but he's already like published 27,000 crossword he's puzzles. He's a college professor, clearly. <laughs> he is a college professor. And he's great. So he doc, Dr. Caleb Madison. He was at Lollapazula. He was. He yes. was at Lollapazula. And uh, he so was, this, yeah. this was fun. This was commercial break. Yep. Uh, it, was, it was movie titles, and you stuck the letters AD or ad uh-huh. somewhere in the movie title sure. you got a you got a phrase yeah. like uh, space balls became space ballads yeah now i liked this theme but i didn't like the very first theme entry which was addressed to kill why did you not like it well because commercial break makes me think that you're going to take ad and break up the movie title and here ad was put at the beginning that's it didn't true. break up anything it that's was just true. stuck on the end that's true. so that's why i didn't like it okay that's, that's fair yep friday january 15th by joe di pietro this was a challenging but solvable themeless crossword puzzle. <laughs> Peter Gordon, please take note. Saturday, January 6th. Oh. oh, the buzzer fell. The or buzzer fell. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that, <laughs> I'd have, well, 10 cents so far tonight. At least. Uh, January 16th by Ned White. I don't know from Ned White. No? No. You think Ned is short for something? Nedlius? I don't know. Isn't Ned a nickname for Edward for some Ned people? Ned Needlander? Maybe. Needlander. Needlander. I've never heard of that. Isn't Ned Needlander? Nedberg. Wasn't that Mark Nedley. Short? In the, the, Nedwert. Okay, forget it. Uh, this was... Nedston. <laughs> this was good. I, 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 this was the second puzzle of the year that I had to Google. Because yeah. I, I could not get south of Brazil. No, I that was, was sued. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was sued also, and because it crossed with a an acronym for something for some kind of. Uh, it was a, a orderly supervisor, maybe, which is yeah. I guess was some sort of nurse. I guess, but it didn't seem to matter what the letters were since it stood for something I'd never heard of. Right, uh, so it was uh, uh, Sul, which is Portuguese. Yeah, but you know what? I just feel like obscure acronyms crossing with foreign words... Is one of your least favorite things. It really is. Yeah. It really is, because there's no way to figure it out. There is no way to figure out other than guess. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's not... It's not figure-outable. No, you're right. It's uh, Peter Gordon-esque. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> uh, but the rest was great. Beer and Skittles went across the middle, and then down the center was Moon and Sixpence, which I'd never heard of. No, I got the and Sixpence part first, but... So I but kept thinking moon. of other things. I don't know what. But uh, it was a good puzzle. Yeah. Good puzzle. It Ned was. White, who are you? Sunday, January 17th by Kathy Alice. I think Kathy Alice is Kathy Milhauser. You think? I think so. I seem Did to remember. I seem to remember that Kathy Milhauser got married and her married name is Alice. A L L I S. Really? I think. That's I not think her that's NPL name? I believe that this is Kathy Milhauser. Now, the, the I'll tell you the truth. The most noticeable thing for me on this puzzle was that. At the top left, where I usually begin, mm-hmm. it started with three cheater squares. Three black squares right away in that top row. That's true. And I immediately thought, oh, that's going to be part of what the theme is. Oh. It's not at all part of what the theme is. Instead, no. the theme was you take uh, normal phrases that, you know, that in with some, you know, in between words you have back-to-back letters that are the same, and then you remove it's, one of them and change the meaning of it. It's T. It's always T. Oh, is it always T? Yeah, because the theme is subtle T. Oh, look at that. It's always T. Yes. Uh, so... Phrases that have two T's in a row somewhere. You lose one of them and it changes the meaning. God's honest truth becomes God's honest Ruth, which is the uh, answer for Dr. Westheimer telling it like it is. Yes. That's an example of it. This was fun. I didn't realize they were all T's, but uh, I, I still solved this without too much difficulty. I enjoyed this. Yeah. And I like another thing that this did 
that not all themed puzzles do, and especially Sundays, it had the theme answers going in both directions, which uh, which you I like. like. I, I like that. I, I like that better. It seems like that's a, a more creative construction job. Yeah. I think. Well, you had a you created a crossword puzzle where all the theme answers went down. Well, I did that once, yes. And when I gave it to some people to try out, they all said, just turn this sideways. This is stupid. <laughs> theme answers go across. What's the matter with you, so it makes it you seem, dumb idiot? It makes it seem like it's raining. It uh, well, that was the theme of that puzzle. Was, was it? rain? No, the theme was summer actually. Oh, so uh, not at but, all rain. No, but no. I just thought, oh, well, this will be different. Who am I trying to be different? Yeah, good luck with that. No, never. So there it is. There uh, it is. That was episode eighty-eight. Uh, please come back from Costa Rica, Ryan. Please, you'll be back next week. I hope in time I for episode be, eighty-nine. I will be back uh, time for episode eighty-nine, and then we are in full getting ready for ACPT mode. Yeah, we're we're a month away now. We are, in we fact, are. one month. Well, numerically speaking, one month from the day this podcast is released, which will be Tuesday, January nineteenth. February nineteenth is the uh, first day of the ACPT. Yes. Yeah, it's a Friday in February. It is indeed. It is, it is indeed. Will you be back from Costa Rica by then? What uh, do they call Friday where you are? Uh, 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 ven, ven, venti. 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 Like like a coffee at Starbucks. Wait, it's so venti. Lu- it's Lune Martes Miércoles. 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 Like <laughs> like you have no miércoles, so you're miércoles. Yes. I am very miércoles. Uh, huevos. That's eggs. Venti. That's coffee. You're, this is breakfast now. I'm getting hungry. Zapatos. No, that's that's a runner, isn't that? And, Emil Zapatos. And Domingos. That's no. no. You don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't. At all. No, but but I, I haven't been here on Friday, so I don't know what it's called. <laughs> okay.